This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 262, Field Day Q&A 2021, recorded live on Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Paul Bork, N1SFE. Talking field day rules and, and field day in general, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines a little early tonight because we want your calls. This is supposed to be a, a question and answer session. So we want your calls. We want your tweets. Uh, so we'll give out the phone number here in a little bit, and we're going to open up the phone lines a little early tonight. And we've got some more stuff to talk about if, if nobody calls, but... Uh, but we want to open it up and, and get some phone uh, calls. So that number is 859-982-7373. And uh, we'll give that out here again in in a minute or so. Uh, last week here on the show, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, was here to talk about some new kits. And uh, we talked about some choices for... Uh, surfaces on which to solder. And if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live on WTWW. That's 5085 AM Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 PM Eastern time. So get your questions ready to go for Paul. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call in just a little bit. Uh, and again, here is the phone number so you can have it ready. It's 859-982-7373. Let me read it one more time. 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's just at Ham Talk Live on Twitter. And I'll be back with Paul right after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. It's that time of year again. Field Day is from June 26th to 27th, and ICOM has the base station of your dreams with the IC7300 and IC9700 SDR transceivers and the portable SDR transceiver, the IC705. These amateur radios are top of the line and are the choice for DXers and contesters across the globe by helping operators cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Be a Field Day leader with ICOM. Heard it, worked it, logged it. 
The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages to reduce the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and an SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. And you can create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to the UHF and VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. A 4.3-inch color touchscreen with real-time spectrum scope and waterfall display, smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, and dual-watch operation and full-duplex operation in satellite mode. Expect top performance on field day with ICOM's IC9700. And of course, the IC705 is the perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors on field day. It's the perfect QRP companion. This base station has features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, 70 centimeters, and weighs in at just under 2 pounds. It has the 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts out with the battery. 10 watts with the power supply, does full D-Star, sideband, CWAM, and FM modes. It has a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, and micro SD card slot, integrated GPS, a GPS logger, and the speaker mic comes standard. Perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations, a day in the park, or some contesting. Visit the IC705 webpage to view accessories and free software available for download. And you can check all that out at icomamerica.com slash amateur. You can find more information on all of ICOM's radios there. Again, it's icomamerica.com slash amateur. A flashlight is a case for holding dead batteries. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show. Check them out at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tonight, Paul Bork, N1SFE, joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Hotline. ARL Contest Program manager, manager Paul Bork in 1SFE just completed his second full year in that role, and Paul's been licensed since 1994. And uh, much like uh, my story, I grew up listening to distant AM stations and, and later developed a career involving some aspects of broadcasting, and he started at a broadcast station at the University of Hartford, uh, where the station's general manager, John Ramsey, W1JNR, pushed him to get his license. And uh, so the, the rest is history. He grew up in Newington and wanted the opportunity to give back to the hobby. And now he's he's working at league headquarters. So, Paul, welcome back to the show. I'm sorry Hi. I can't buy you a Ted steamed cheeseburger tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The next time next time we come out, we'll have to try some more local like, cuisine out here. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to come back out and just uh, enjoy 
you know, that my time when I'm there, I'm, I'm there for teachers Institute. And so we have a, a full day and it's very enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it, it, it is a full day. So, you know, I, I need some time to just get out there and just, just relax and, and enjoy yeah. the area. Yeah. Well, well, we're talking about, It'd be good to have it'd be good to have you back. I know it's been a couple of years since we've done Teachers Institute. Yeah, it has, and and this year is is virtual. Uh, so we'll, uh, I'm interested to hear how that's going. That's coming up here in about three weeks, same time as Yoda Camp, actually. So, um, so I'm not going to be able to check that out this year, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. And, and there's a very good lineup of people uh, for that. So. Um, another thing that the league is doing. Um, but right now we're focused on field day that it's coming up or, or just two days away. And, um, when, when you started planning field day, which is, is like, you're always planning field day, but, uh, when you started planning field day for this year, we were all still wearing masks and, and vaccines hadn't rolled out yet. And, and boy, has a lot changed in the last few weeks and, and, and months. Um, so, uh, everything was set up for, you know, okay, just operate from home, just operate from home, just operate from home. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And so we can get back together again. So, uh, so. How has field day changed this year uh, after the big change last year? Well, as far as what we're doing rules wise, we haven't really changed anything because, you know, the uh, early on, we didn't know where we were going to be come late June. And that was that was one of the things we had dealt with last year. And this year we decided to kind of, set the the rules waivers in place early instead of waiting because we again we didn't know where we would be and there was always the option of going back to what would be considered more of a normal regular field day or a traditional field day um if if things had changed and we always had the league stance was always pay attention to what your local and and you know state and regional authorities are saying as far as mask mandates uh, whether your group feels safe. I mean, the, the, our biggest priority is to making sure that groups feel safe. So there was always the option of a participant operating from home. And what we're seeing this year uh, is a lot more groups decided to do their traditional class A field day operations. And some members of those groups were still opting to stay home and contribute their scores to the club aggregate score. So it's kind of, I'm seeing a lot of people are emailing me saying, I want to work class, class D or class E from home. And I want to put my club score in. How do I, you know, my, my attribute my score to my club. How do I do it? And I'm also seeing a lot of clubs saying, we're going ahead and doing a, a field day. We're going to have a public information table. We're going to open it to the public more, more in the traditional sense. So I'm actually seeing more of a mix. Last year was heavy on the class on the class D and E, and not so heavy in the class A. And I, you know, what? I didn't I didn't pull up that data last year. I had that data for you, but it was really 
90% or so class D and E home stations and, you know, maybe not even 10% people running class A's. Yeah. So it, it's been a lot different and, and let's talk about this, this club aggregate score, because that's something that was just introduced last year for COVID and, and it's a little, little, um, easy to, to, to misconstrue what's going on here with the club aggregate score. So let's talk about, about that. So if, so if I am going to work from home, we can contribute to that aggregate score, but, but we're not just like, you know, adding our points in. Right. So, 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 right. So the aggregate score is completely done by the ARRL. So in other words, if you're operating a class D or E from home, you're not taking your points and bring them over to your club secretary and say, here, add this to our score. Well, what, how the aggregate score works, and people who are more familiar with, with traditional amateur radio contesting, um, it, it kind of works the same way, is people, people attribute their score to the club, and then we just add up everyone's individual scores and put a club aggregate score out there. So what happens is you'll enter your club name on the entry form, and we'll go by that. So in other words, if you, we see, we see uh, uh, I don't know, just to make up a club, Southern Kansas Amateur Radio Club, we see people attributing their scores to that same club, we add them all together. And really it's important to make sure you are using, A, the correct club name. In, in other words, you know, Kansas City Amateur Radio Club or ARC. I mean, we were, we're kind of hip enough to realize what the abbreviations, but some people get the names not even the same. They're like, well, how come my score didn't get attributed to my club? Well, because you didn't, you know, it's all based on what your club name is in the entry. So you don't send that into your club. You send it into the ARRL as a separate entry under your own call sign. And the club, if they're also doing a class A or B, will operate under their call sign, possibly their club sign or another call sign. But you it's not the same call sign. So it's based on the club name. And you're just going, you're not going to put that in as like at the top, you're going to put that in where it asks you for a club. Right, right. You're going to put your call sign in where it says call sign and it says club or group name. And you're going to put the name of the club. And if you look at how we did the results last year, you'll see there's a list. There was a list of club aggregate scores right on the, on the, uh, on the top of the, the page actually it was on page uh, 72 QSP. I'm mean, actually pulled the article up. So you see the club aggregate scores. This list the name of the club, the total score of, of all the entries that were submitted, and then the total number of entries that were submitted. Like, for example, I'm just looking at the top of the list. So we had uh, Aardvark Wireless Group had an aggregate score of 12,354, or 12,354 rather and 10 entries. So that was the all 10 entries that had attributed their names to that club. That's how we added up the score. And if there was a class, if there was a class a in there under that same club, they're added in there as well. Okay. So hopefully everybody uh, can can get that figured out, but yeah. Yeah. Don't just hand off your points to the club secretary. (laughs) I, um, I, I spent a lot of time, so how I get the scores is when this is done, um, we, we have our, our uh, website is uh, graciously and wonderfully programmed by Bruce Horn. Um, he hands me off a, uh, an Excel file, and, or, or it's, it's a, it's a uh, comma-separated file. Um, 
So I have to work from this master spreadsheet of every single entry and every single club name. And we had to go and vet every single club name and make sure they were spelled right and edited. And, you know, when we went and published these results, we had over 10,000 entries in quite a few clubs that we, that me and the editors at QST had to painstakingly and, um, <laughs> and, and really, really carefully make sure we got it right. And I'm sure we missed a few and it also took a lot of chocolate. I have to say, I, I really thank um, Jen and the editors at QST and, uh, and, and Becky Schoenfeld and, and all, all the QST people for their support and their, their help in this, because it was really, it was, it was, quite a month getting that December issue together. Oh, and uh, I really, really want to send a shout out to Jody Morin, um, who does the layout for QST. She and I went over that time and time again, and it was really, it was painstaking and it was, it was getting stressful. And she has a love for Reese's peanut butter cups. So I kept feeding her Reese's peanut butter cups other times of the rest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you may need to call Ted's and bring in some of those steamed cheeseburgers for those late night uh, tallying yeah. sessions. So. So, well, so I just really, really, you know, I, I really, there was, there was a, there was a lot of work that went into that. And, you know, I, I feel bad when we, when we missed one occasionally we had, we had one club there's like, you know, you listed us in two different entries. So like, well, okay, we'll change it in the online edition, but what's in print is already out. So we, we tried, we tried as much as we could to get them accurate, but it was, it was tough because we had a lot of club names that are similar. Like here, I'll pick oh, some yeah. more, uh, some more, um, I'm, I'm trying to find some more uh, examples here, but we had like a, uh, Central Oregon Coast ARC in Central Oregon DX Club. And the people on the West Coast, notice how I pronounced the, the name, the, the state correctly. Uh, you don't <laughs> pronounce it Oregon. That's an East Coast thing. Anyway, so you want to make sure that, you know, yes, they're both Central Oregon, but you want to make sure that you're selecting the right club that you put in there, uh, that you're, you're entering the right club name. Uh, like another example here, Charlotte uh, ARC, Amateur Radio Club, Charlotte ARS, Amateur Radio Society, two different clubs, similar name. They may not even be in the same state. I'm assuming they're in North Carolina, but they may not be. Yeah. And then you've got, you've even got Deers. You've got Deers, the Dresden Elementary uh, Amateur Radio Society. And then you've got the Disney Emergency uh, amateur radio society. So that's like, you know, I, I'm those acronyms brought, get you every time. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, aside from acronyms like ARC and ARS, we understand those. If you if your club is using an acronym, please do not use the acronym when you enter your club score. It really made it tough. <laughs> it really made it tough, you know, because. Who, you know, there's there's several of them. There's there's one Bears B E A R S, and there's also a Connecticut club Bears of Manchester. You know, yeah. And you know, you just put in Bears. Well, you know, a lot of times I'd see what section they'd be in, and then you assume, okay, this guy's associating it to Bears, and he's in Connecticut. Well, I think he means Bears of Manchester because yeah. of where they're located. But that doesn't necessarily mean there are no restrictions in field day since it's not a contest there's no restriction you don't have to be in a club territory so in, in traditional contests you have to be within a defined territory to, to contribute to your club and if you're not you 
you're, you have to be on an eligibility list. There's none of that. You can attribute your score to any club. You could be in Florida and attribute one to the, up in Alaska if you wanted to. If you felt like setting your points their way, you could. So it really is, it really is up to you. And um, again, just you really want to avoid acronyms and make sure you have the, the club, you know, the, the correct club you're attributing your score to. Yeah, I think there's a Bears in Chicago too. The broadcast employees amateur radio. I think I think that's right. Well, and, and there is one the Bears. At one time there was. And, and don't forget the Bears. The Bears, yes, the Bears are in Chicago. Well, hey, if you have a question, give us a call. Go. We're going to open up the lines right now at eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three. I'll give you the number again in a minute. But uh, go ahead and call right now if you have a field day question for Paul Bork and one SF. He is the uh, contest manager at ARRL. Uh, so go ahead and give us a call eight five nine. Nine eight two seventy three seventy three is the number, and uh, you can tweet us. It's at Ham Talk Live, and if you're on Spreaker, you can type in the comments, and I'll check those as we go on this evening. So, uh, well, we always do this show each year at, at kind of the last minute here to to kind of get through some of these tricky little rule things, and and. You see those mistakes. You you go through the the whole painstaking process of going through those um, CSV files. Uh, what are some of the uh, common mistakes you saw last year, and 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 how did that that aggregate group scoring go? Well, I mean, I, I think I kind of touched on that before. Um, one of the most common things is just not attributing to the correct club. Another, you know, an AR, ARS instead of an ARC or spelling the name of the club wrong because, you know, I see it as a different club. Now, spelling errors are sometimes easy because they'll show up next to each other alphabetically. Um, so there was a lot of that. I and mean, spelling errors were, that was more of an ed- editing thing. Um, so, and I think I did see a couple scores where they added in their scores to the to the to the main club's uh, call side, and they may not have even had had an, op- an operation. And I, I really, it was more of you know, just making sure that the club was spe- was was spelled and formatted similarly. Now we tried to program the um, the web uploader front end to kind of give you a suggestion of your club name. And it won't cover all of them. It will only give you suggestions based on what was previously entered. And we went from the list from last year to try to clean up the bad club names. So if you start typing the word Manchester, for example, and there's more than one Manchester club, it'll give you a list of names. But if your club name is on there for some reason, because we're not limiting it to just ARRL affiliated clubs or contest clubs, it will allow you to type in the full name. So if you started to type something in and spelled it wrong, it's going to show up as a valid club name. But we did try to help by having a drop-down list to try to steer the clubs from entering the correct name. So basically what happens is if the club's name is not on the list, the first person that enters it, it's going to show up as that. If that was entered wrong, then somebody's going to go enter it correctly. Then there will be two, one spelled incorrectly or maybe – 
with the wrong something different in the name, like you know, county instead of uh, you know, area, or you know, there's a different word in there, like you know, northern county this instead of northern area this. There's going to be both there, so we. It's really kind of important to make sure. I think really what I, I emphasized was that club secretaries and the people who are coordinating the field day with people operating from home is that they let their club know exactly how they wanted that name formatted and really try to stick to as close to um, the official club name as, as you can. I mean, sometimes they're too long and they get edited when it goes to QSD because of space limitations. So we, we do have that too. So a lot of times you'll see county will be abbreviated to CO, uh, ARC, you know, for amateur radio club. And a lot of that happens on the QST end, but that's more for space limitations than for um, the, the entry form. All right. Very good. Well, uh, we're getting ready to take a break, but we have a call on the line and I don't want to miss it. So let's uh, take the call. Good evening. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Uh, good evening. Thanks for doing this. Hey, good evening. Oh, you're very welcome. Who do we have here? Uh, yeah, my name is Robin. It's call sign November 6, Romeo Lima Sierra. And I'm in uh, the East Bay in, in, the Bay, in California. And our club this year, which normally does the 24-hour field day and sets up uh, at a site and the people come by and we do the whole shebang, this year we're teaming up with another club, and they're only doing part of a day. And I think all we're doing, uh, we're helping them out, and we're running the uh, get-on-the-air tent uh, and, you know, doing what we can. I don't think we're operating under our normal club call sign. We're going to be uh, helping this other club, and they're running under their call sign. My question is, as a member of the uh, first club, the one that's helping the other one out, uh, if I want to assign uh, that club uh, as my club when I'm turning in my at-home scoring, do they get the points even if they're not actually doing it, or should I use the other club's call sign, or does any of that matter? All right, so so let me see if I understand this correctly, because I'm I'm kind of not. So you're going to help participate in the the other club, but you want to work from home as well and contribute to... Uh, like a class B or E station to a different club? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, I did that last year with my own club, but my own club, I believe, turned in a report, even though we weren't... Well, actually, we did set up at somebody's house uh, and operated under the uh, club's call sign. Oh, okay, okay. I think I... I think I understand. Okay, I think I understand. Um, So... In other words, if you submit a, a score under your club's name and your club does not submit an entry, will that still get attributed? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it will. So if you, if you put the name of your home club and they don't have, they're not running a club station, your score will still show up as being attributed to their club score. Your your class D or E station from home will show up as their as as whatever club you attribute it to. Regardless of whether they have a a class A or B. Okay, now I've got another fine point question. I actually tweeted this in, so uh, I don't know if it's going to overlap or something. But I got to wondering, um, some stuff like, you know, picking up and and getting the ARRL message, you know, that you send out several times during field day. Sure. That's worth 100 points. Now, if me and 
10 other people in the club do the same thing, and we all send in the message, because I don't know precisely what everybody else is doing, do those scores add up, or does the club just get one of those 100 points? Okay, so what we're doing for the what we're doing for the aggregate scores is we're just taking the, the the sum of all the individual entries. So whatever bonus points each station earns on their own, or whatever QSO points they earn on their own, they're all going to get added up. So if ten did, the aggregate score would show a thousand points as you know being attributed to the club. From so it's so we're, we're since everyone's operating under their own call signs, we're treating them as separate entries. We're just combining the individual scores as an aggregate score. So we're, we're not cross-checking. We're not, you know, if you work somebody on 20 meters phone and somebody else works the same guy on 20 meters phone, we don't consider it a dupe like you would if you were, you know, both working on, on at the club call, under the club call sign. So it's, you know, yeah. so you can, you can all work the same stations. You get the same bonus okay, points. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, the, other, the other question I had while I got you on the phone here, was um, I also run the Twitter page for our club, and we've tweeted out that we're going to be doing this, and we use the uh, ARRLFD hashtag. Is that sure. worth points? Um, so there, there are, there are. Um, I'm trying to find the actual wording of it here in the rules. Social media: 100 points for for promoting your field day activation to the general public via an active, recognized and utilize social media platform. Now, and it says Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. This bonus is available only to amateur radio clubs and field day groups that welcome visitors to their operation. So it says individual participants do not qualify for this bonus. So you should really be more of a club that is, you know, Okay, promoting okay, your okay. social well, media activation at, like, at a club, at a, at a, like a, a public site. Okay, okay. Um, fine print department. Here's, here's the details on this. My club Twitter account, that I happen to be the one who runs it, uh, put out a notice that we are working with this other club who is at a park where people can show up and we gave the details of that and the operating hours so people can come by and visit and so forth. So we're, we are helping the other club out. The other club uh, has some of our members there. Sure. And now, so is, is, we are... Is the other club claiming that bonus as well? Uh, I would imagine they would be if they do it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of, a, that's kind of a sticky point. Because it, you know, I, I, yeah. you, um, you, you wouldn't want to have every member of your club be be uh, be claiming that bonus. If you no, know, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that. Uh, well, yeah, I guess one person would have to uh, send a photograph of the tweet in or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would, that's that's. I mean, if you want to. Uh, you can always just, you know, if you want, want to discuss it more in detail, you can always send me an email. Uh, my call sign is November 1, Sierra Fox Trot Echo, SFE, and I'm N1SFE at ARRL.org. Just, just shoot me an email, and, you know, we, we, could, we could discuss that, too. Because that really is kind of a, it's a gray area. I guess the worst that would happen is it would get rejected. Yeah, and, and really, really, it's it's really, it's really about, 
the honor system and, you know, and, and really what the intent of the rule is, you know, you're getting, you're getting the message out and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to nitpick over little things like that. Um, you know, really it's, it's about, it's about, it's about presenting amateur radio to the public and promoting it. Right. And well, and, and getting out of here and having fun. I mean, that's, that, that's one of the biggest things about field day is really, I, I think, especially with the, the changes the last couple of years, a lot of participants got, got kind of hung up on the, on the, on the fine details of the rules and, and kind of lost sight of the fact that what is amateur radio, what is field day really all about? And, uh, you know, it really is about showcasing amateur radio to the public. So, you know, I think you're, you're kind of going in the right direction with that. Okay, great. And by the way, thanks for putting that insert into the, uh, field day issue of QST, the guide for the, um, field day that was a great uh, touch and uh, 73 thanks for doing the show all right 73 and yeah that was our that was our marketing department who came up with that one and that was a wonderful idea so uh, i i believe that was sponsored by somebody i can't remember who sponsored it off the top of my head but um that, yeah, that some, was, some, was ham, some store that sells ham radio equipment i think was a sponsor of that <laughs> who recently closed down their bay area location by the way <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to speak to specifics in case we were uh, crossing any yeah, lines yeah. there. Right. Okay. Thank well, you. Robin, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. it it's always uh, a lot more fun when people call. So, thank you so much for calling and and some good questions. All right. What, thank what, you. Because what's a call-in show with no callers? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It'd be, it'd be, It'd be like if Fraser Crane didn't have everybody calling asking for a psychiatrist. <laughs> I kind of sometimes, I kind of sometimes, I feel like I'm a psychiatrist, <laughs> or at least play one on TV. Well, anyway, yes. all right. Well, we're, we're overdue for our break, so we're going to take our break here, and uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to take some more of your calls at eight five nine. Nine eight two seventy three seventy three. Right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. Thanks for choosing Tower Electronics. How may we help you today? We have PL two fifty nines. We have in connectors. We have SMA adapters. We have BNC adapters. What can I show you today? Where's the tower? Well, we don't actually have a tower with us. But we have all kinds of things you can use with a tower. We have power poles, antennas, soldering irons and meters. Where's the tower? (laughs) Ma'am, that's the name of our company. We can't haul towers to all the ham fest across the country that we visit, but we have almost every connector and adapter you would need to connect your antenna that's on your tower. I don't think there's a tower back there. I really don't. Tower Electronics. Visit us at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or see our whole catalog at pl-259.com. Sorry, one thing we don't have is a tower. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. CQ Field Day. CQ Field Day. This is Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. 
Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tower Electronics has all kinds of stuff that you need to put on your feed lines and, and rigs and antennas. They're going to be at the Oak Creek, Wisconsin Ham Fest on July 10th, uh, but you can visit them anytime, anywhere at pl-259.com. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And before we get back to your phone calls and tweets and all of that, it's time for our weekly segment, the N9GSU Joke of the Week. Now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. I had an antenna raising party last Saturday. We worked all morning and then it was time to break for lunch, so I ordered pizza. Everybody came in but Gary. He was still up on the roof. So I walked outside and yelled up, Gary... Why are you still on the roof? He said, well, you said pizza was on the house. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick. Oh, boy. Uh, pizza is I, I, on I, the I, house. I just have to say one thing. That's... <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that's some of that uh, some of that uh, field day pizza that's yeah. on the house. There we go. All right, the phone number eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three, or tweet us at Ham Talk Live if you're on Spreaker. You can type in the comments, and uh, if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast edition, you won't be able to reach us live since uh, we're doing this Thursday night and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we will hear you on this weekend at Field Day. I'm going to be uh, visiting a couple of Field Days. I'll be at the uh, Northern Kentucky Amateur Radio Club. Uh, let's see, is that K4CN? I think it is. Uh, before I head up to the uh, Voice of America Museum at uh, the Westchester Amateur Radio Association, WC8VOA. So uh, that's where I will time. be on the air. You're doing a bit What's of driving that? there, huh? You're doing a bit of driving there, huh? Yes, I will be driving there. Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, is it Westchester from Kentucky quite a, quite a haul? Eh, it's about an hour. Not quite oh, an hour, it, depending it, on it, traffic. It, it just it just seems longer because in two different yeah. states. Yeah, yeah. But when the state line is 20 minutes away, you know, that, that's the way it goes. That's right, because you're, you're down by Cincinnati, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 We're uh, just on the Kentucky side of Cincinnati now. So, um, so I'm going to visit the club here and then, uh, I got a bunch of projects going on up, up North. So, uh, we'll, we'll get up to the, uh, to the Westchester club for the evening. So that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Well, again, uh, if you have a question, give us a call. Uh, this is your, your chance to get, uh, a question from the expert. It's eight or an answer from the expert. It's eight, five, nine, Nine eight two seventy three seventy three, and uh, let me check the the tweets here and, and make sure we're not missing anything. I see Robin's tweet, but we got to that one. So, 
I think we're I think we're in good shape. Now, one other thing, and I know we talked about this with with a couple of my friends from the Westchester Amateur Radio Association uh, here. I think it was earlier today, actually, uh, with Jocelyn uh, talking about the the battery from home and, and which class it is. And I know we talked about it on the show last year, so. Uh, can, let's let's straighten out the difference between the the bonus points and and the class for that battery. Okay, so so first off, we have the two home the quote unquote home station classes. Now, uh, I, I I had people question me on this too. A home station doesn't necessarily mean someone's home. It means a permanent licensed location. That could be a, a that could be a club. A, a club field house where it's a permit where they have a station set up that technically if they're running on commercial power is, is a, is a class D Delta. Is that a stations operating from permanent or licensed station locations using commercial power? So it's a class D Delta. No, it's just, we'll just strip that down just to the class first class E echo is home stations on emergency power. Again, same as class D but using emergency power for transmitters and receivers, right? So if you're operating entirely on battery on from home, you would be a Class E Echo because that would be emergency power. The same thing would apply if you were on a generator on Class E. You'd be Class E, but you, you wouldn't be running on battery. The big... So, so that you'd still be Class E, but if you're a home station on battery, you also qualify for bonus points. You, you qualify for the 100% emergency power if you're on emergency power the whole time, regardless of whether that's a battery or a generator. But if you're running on battery and, again, no motor-driven generator and your QRP, power level of less than 5 watts, you also qualify for the five-time power multiplier. So there's the power multiplier, which multiplies your points, your EQSOs, by a different factor depending on whether you're on emergency power or not. And if you're on, if you look at the, if you look at that that bonus point, it is you have to be running five watts or less, and you are powered from something other than a motor-driven generator or commercial power. That can be batteries charged by solar, wind, whatever, or solar, wind. So, in other words, you have to be QRP, and you're running, and you're running less than less than a five watts or less. Rather, does that make any sense? Yeah, yep, <laughs> it does. It does. Well, so, let's, yeah, so, uh, let's... So, yeah. Don't confuse. Don't confuse the class with the. Um, don't confuse the class with the with the power multiplier. So for home stations, you have you have a, a home station on battery power, but if you're under five watts, you get a different power multiplier. Now that could, could you be, they could be confusing that also with Class Bravo B battery, which is a field day station set up and operated by no more than two persons, right? But they are not at a permanently licensed station location. There is a Class Bravo battery, which is has that same thing. A field day station set up and operated by no more than two persons. All contacts must be made with an output power of five watts or less, and the power source must be something other than commercial mains or a generator. 
So that is where the, the where the five um, the five time power multiplier comes in. Well, let's uh, open it up one last time here. Eight five nine nine eight two. 7373 if you have a question uh this is your, the last call here 8599827373 and uh, we'll we'll finish things up here so so what what are you doing for field day we talked about what well, I'm doing what are you doing well we have that mighty w1aw being activated for the weekend so uh, I was hoping to get over there for a little bit but uh uh, we've, we've got, we got a, a busy weekend here at home, so I'm hoping to be able to get over there at some point. But I'm not quite sure whether that's going to personally happen for me. I would love to get on and, and, and be one of the W1AW operators because it's, it's always a thrill to be the, um, <laughs> to be the recipient of the pileup than, than being the, oh, yes. the other side. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I tell you, though, as I was telling you before the show, Neil, uh, I may be the contest manager, <laughs> but I play one on TV. Oh no, Bob! I may, I may be the contest manager, but I'm not really. I, I'm not a diehard contester. I'm more of a casual contester. I, 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 I get overrun by pileups. The first time I, re- I I did a pileup was actually Field Day in 2019, and I was so overwhelmed. I had to, I had to step away, and, and Bart W9JJ stepped in and ran it like ran it like a season pro, well, a season pro that he is. Um, yeah, it's always a thrill to get behind uh, the, uh, the uh, get on the air at W1AW. Because of COVID, we haven't had the it hasn't even been opened up to staff, let alone uh, visitors. So I haven't had an opportunity even to even operate there. I did um, I did record a uh, presentation for the ARL Learning Network over there, so it was like probably one of the first times I've been in there uh, since since uh, since the pandemic hit. So it's always well, a thrill. I can attest that anytime you get on W1AW, you will get a pileup, even if it's uh, Tuesday afternoon at uh, 1 o'clock. You'll get a pileup. So I can only imagine what they are during field day. You know, the first time I operated W1AW is when I went to the league for my job interview. And after after the end of my interview, I interviewed with Bart. He says, well, do you want to go see W1AW? So we walked over, and uh, Joe, uh, NJ1Q, said, Hey, do you want to operate? I'm like, well, yeah. And the bands were dead. It was he put me on twenty. It was the middle of the day, and the bands were dead. So I would, I didn't even call CQ. I was actually just scanning around the dial, and I caught two two QSOs in progress. And they they were they I caught them both at the end. And I I jump in after the guys are clearing to each other. I get on and say, you know, whiskey one off of whiskey. There's this long silence, and then did you just say? And then they were both like, both stations were the same thing. They were like, they were like, oh my god, I've never worked W1AW. This is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it, it really, you know, it, it really makes it really makes you feel good. And I remember field day, that field day in 2019, I, I worked the station, and they said this is my first HF contact. And I, I wish I had remembered the call sign because I, again, I was running a pileup, so I didn't have time to even write that call sign down because I really would have loved to have, have included that in the field day article that, you know, you know, this, this station making their first HF contact as a field day participant had worked W1AW and they were thrilled as their first oh, HF. Yeah. Oh, always a thrill. I remember the, f- the first time I, I operated W1AW on, on, on lunch break while I was over there. Um, I got South Africa twice. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, you know, 
Uh, and, and I didn't even really think about it. I just logged it and kept on going. And then it's like, wait a minute. That was, that was South Africa and twice. Well, yeah, well, so, yeah, you know. yeah, Joe Karsha says that W1AW gives you ads, automatically adds, just the call sign automatically adds like 10 dB to your signal. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if you put a YL on it, W1AW, then, then you, oh, know, you oh, get wow. that extra yeah, 3 dB yeah. there. So, yeah. Watch out. They, they think you were running illegal power. <laughs> well paul we are out of time and i think we've we've hit all the questions so uh we'll wish everyone a great field day whether you're operating at home or uh with a group and uh things are, are starting to to get back to whatever normal is and uh so maybe next year uh it'll all be back to normal we'll we'll, we'll wait and see but uh Whatever you do this weekend, uh, we wish you well. And, and Paul, any closing comments here before we shut things down tonight? Yeah, I, I'm going to repeat what I, what I said earlier. You know, get, get out there and get on the air and have fun. Really, the, the, the key is to have fun. And, you know, and, and hopefully maybe we'll introduce some, some new people to amateur radio or maybe even inspire the next generation of, of amateur operators. Um, just, just get out there and, and show everyone what the you know the, the best that amateur radio can be and you know, demonstrate. There's so many different facets. Really, uh, field day is really what you make of it. Whether it's an emergency preparedness exercise, or whether you do consider it a contest, even though we don't officially consider it a contest, just you know get out there and really take from it what you what you what you what part of it you want and and, and have fun. Yeah, it it is a fun time. So make the most of it. Well, thanks, Paul, for coming on the show again. We we do this every year, and uh, I appreciate you continuing the uh, tradition and uh, answering the questions. And 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 you got a couple of stumpers tonight. So so good job with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me on. It's always great talking to you. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll see you out here at the East Coast again. Yeah, that would be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to getting away. So that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Paul Bork, N1SFE, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and typing in and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time for a list of all of our upcoming guests. Visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. That helps others find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. Have a great field day and may the good DX be yours. Came right back to my CQ call You read ability five and strength nine You never once mentioned your weather at all And I didn't mention mine